Welcome in. These are the MMA Minutes. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, joined, as always, by Danny Gutierrez. Sean, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm completely out of it today, and I'm totally ready to uh, record a podcast. We're going to be recapping UFC 216. That happened on October 7th. Tony Ferguson was the winner over Kevin Lee and now is the interim lightweight champion. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson also defended his uh, flyweight title for the 11th straight time with a miraculous uh, submission of Ray Borg. And we'll yeah. get into a couple of those fights and we'll talk about that. And we're also going to be previewing UFC Fight Night. We have Donald Cerrone taking on Darren Till. That's happening this Saturday, October 21st. And that one's happening in Poland. Also, Karolina Kovacavich is making her return to the octagon. And Jan Blakovich is fighting on that card as well. So we'll go into a couple of those fights, give our predictions. But, Danny, let's jump into UFC 216. And we'll talk about yes. the co-main event first because yes. this was miraculous. In the fifth round of the flyweight title fight. Demetrius Johnson was in complete control of the whole fight. Really was not in any danger against Ray Borg. No, he wasn't. And he has Ray Borg up against the cage, and he's got back position on him, and he suplexes him. Mm -hmm. And while he is in midair, Ray Borg, while Ray Borg is in midair, Demetrius Johnson grabs his arm and brings him down to the canvas in an arm bar. Mm -hmm. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in an octagon. We've seen Anderson Silva front kick Vitor Belfort in the face. We've seen flying arm bars. We've seen, you know, crazy chokes from OSP. Is this the craziest thing that you've seen in the octagon? That's not the craziest thing I've seen in the octagon, but it's up there. The craziest thing I've seen in the octagon was the first spinning wheel kick ever by Edson Barboza on Terry um, Adam. That was awesome, too. That was devastating. Well, this was uh, spectacular. Spectac- spectacular submission. Uh, a, a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools do teach it, but it is a very hard uh, technique to pull off. I know you train. Because... Have, you seen it? Have you seen it done before? Yes. I've seen it once done before, but it was in practice. Um, so mm-hmm. when you pick up your opponent, and as he's dropping down, you actually try to throw your leg over, whichever leg's closest to the head, try to throw that leg over, and then sink your hips down, then get yourself to the canvas, and then try to get your hips, make sure that your hips are past your opponent's elbow, because that's where you get all that leverage from, mm-hmm. because he one arm can't fight an entire body. It's just not going to happen. So you just sank his hips down, and he was in position, and he just extended the arm bar. But I want to credit Ray Borg because he didn't tap for a while. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a, deep. It was Yeah, it was a little bit before Ray Borg actually wanted to tap. So, I mean, the tenacity of Ray Borg was there, but, I mean, DJ's the best. Yeah, I That's mean, it. DJ's Ray, the best. Ray Borg fought a fight, and, I mean, he was going up against Demetrius Johnson, and this is what DJ does to every single opponent. And he really outside outclasses of, him. Outside of Ian McCall and outside of... Um, I'm blanking on the other guy uh, that he fought, uh, Benavides. Yes. Outside of the Benavides and McCall fights, and you know, you know, outside of those, he hasn't been challenged at flyweight. So this is something that Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson has been doing to flyweights consistently, and you know, we'll see what happens with uh, Sergio Pettis' next fight and how one of those guys compares to DJ. But most likely, DJ is going to keep running with this belt. Is he the greatest of all time after the submission? After the submission, I mean, he defended his title for a record-breaking 11th time and a short amount of time. It's in a short calendar amount of time, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind DJ is one of the best. He's basically cleared out the division. He's got maybe two or three more fights left before he clears out the division. I want to see him. Even then, I think you yeah. can still say he cleared out the division. I want him to fight either the winner of TJ Dillashaw or uh, Cody, Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt. On UFC 217? Yes, or a rematch with Dominic Cruz. Because when uh, 
Mighty Mouse fought Dominic Cruz for the bantamweight title. That was a very different Dominic Cruz. That was also a very different DJ. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see that rematch. And but we'll see. Uh, the fight a fight's been scheduled between Henry Cejudo, who lost to DJ, um, in in kind of quick fashion since Cejudo, first round KO. Yeah, yeah. And, and since Cejudo's look very nice, and uh, Sergio Pettis, who is on a win streak of his own, he's got four straight wins in the flyweight division. Um, they're going to take place. Uh, they're going to take. Uh, they're going to fight each other. I'm sorry. Um, at UFC 218 on December 2nd. So that looks like it should be a number one contender's fight. And DJ has pretty much said that he wants to keep going through the um, flyweight division. Um, if Cejudo wins, again, it's another rematch. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I would like to see what he can do against Dominic Cruz again. I would like to see what he can do against you know TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt. Um, but even if he loses to those guys, he's still the greatest of all time. I mean, this guy has been absolutely dominant in one division for the past five, four years. He's been unreal and really cementing it the way that he did with the flying suplex armbar was the coolest thing that I've seen in the UFC in, in a really long time. And it was I mean, this is up there with like um, with uh, Ben, uh, not Benson, um, with Benson getting kicked by Anthony Pettis with the you know running off the cage and kicking him in the face. I mean, right. that was it, it's stuff that we have not seen in the UFC before. Right. It's been a while since we've seen anything anything creative mm-hmm. out of DJ. You usually see the creativity out of somebody like John Dotson. And John Dotson DJ is a little creative. He is DJ creative. gets creative in striking. He does get creative, but not very often because usually when you get creative, you get put in danger. But yeah. DJ is very smart. And over actually throughout the course of the fight, he was in southpaw. He kept landing a body kick from southpaw position and from the rear left leg. Uh, the Yeah, and it was amazing. He yeah. kept landing that to the body over and over and over again. And DJ by far is the greatest of all time. Uh, going to the other title fight on that card in UFC 216, Tony Ferguson gets the win over Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee yes. put on a fantastic performance. Performance. He, he did. He, he mounted Tony Ferguson in the first round. Yeah, pretty successful in his takedowns, was pretty successful in his striking as well. I mean, it was really evenly matched until Tony got the choke in. Kevin Lee just was completely gassed. I mean, he had a terrible weight cut. He also has a sta- he had a staph infection during that fight. Did not take any antibiotics. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Lee was not in the right position to be fighting a title fight but still he put up a great fight but tony proved that he is you know probably the second best lightweight in the world right yes. now um only behind conor mcgregor who's the current champion yes and the question now after tony's victory um and you know impressive victory we're you know choking out um kevin lee is will the conor kevin lee fight happen because you know he's still got nate on his mind you know conor kevin still... lee conor kevin lee you said Connor Kevin Lee fight. I'm sorry, Connor Tony Ferguson fight. Um, you know, obviously that should be the next fight. At least you know, looking at interim champion versus the um, you know reigning champion. Right. Um, but there's also uh, Paulie Mal- Mal- out there. Uh, there's also um, you know uh, the Nate fight. Uh, Habib is saying that he wants to fight Connor. So I mean, do you think that ultimately we're going to see Tony Ferguson versus Connor McGregor? Ultimately. Actually, I want to know what you think. Do you think that we'll see Tony Ferguson well, versus I asked Conor you McGregor? First, so I'm want, asking the question. You want to get my answer? Yes, first? that's why I asked you the question. All righty. Well, I actually was very intrigued to get your answer, but I'll give it later. All righty. Well, I think that it is going to happen. Um, if you take away the Nate Diaz fight, all he has is Polly, and the last time we saw Conor in boxing, he didn't fare so well. So I would very much like it to see It is against him. a different opponent, though. True. I mean, you know, Paulie Malignati isn't the you know best boxer in the world. He's not, no. but in this game, in both games, actually, in the combat sport game, you're as good as your last fight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Conor gassed in his last fight, but that was in the ninth round of a boxing match. I want to see what he can do against someone like Tony Ferguson for 25 minutes. I want to see if uh, Tony, Tony Ferguson has a great chin. He's dangerous off of his back. 
and he's got great striking. He's got great boxing, and he's got great kicks on the entry, too. He loves using that front kick as like a lead jab so he could establish his distance. Uh, he's got great chokes. We just saw against Kevin Lee. He's awesome off of his back. Um, Tony Ferguson's dangerous, and mm-hmm. I want to see what someone like Conor McGregor can do to somebody you know dangerous. It is just as dangerous as him. The next fight should be Conor versus Tony. I, I I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing. Um, but what I think will happen, it's probably we're going to get Nate. Um, and I think we'll see Tony fight against Habib either at UFC 218 um, or at UFC 219. I think that's going to be the fight that we're going to get. If they make um, the Nate fight happen... If they make the Nate fight happen, I want to see it at 155. I want to see the Nate oh, fight no, it will be. with a purpose. Yes, no, I, I want think, to see think, the Nate fight with a purpose. I think the whole idea is that I think even Connor stated after the uh, the second fight was that, that that's his last time fighting Nate at 170. I think the only reason was that it, the only reason was at 170. Um, the second time was because Connor wanted to prove that he could beat Nate at that weight. Um, and it wasn't anything to do with weight that just Connor wasn't, you know, Connor just didn't game plan the right way. He's Connor came back. Yeah, and, and Connor came back and proved it to himself. But I think, yeah, I think if that fight happens, um, I, I think it should be at 155, but I think it's also going to be happening at 155. And that's the Nate Diaz Connor McGregor fight. Um, I think that's a fight that we're probably going to get because, um, again, you know, that's what's going to sell. And as great as Tony Ferguson is, um, in the ring, he doesn't have something that Nate Diaz has. And it's, it's you know, trash talking that is entertaining. You know, Tony Ferguson can talk trash. Tony Ferguson, you know, has been able to put down his opponents like Kevin Lee before. Um, he, he did the same thing to RDA as well. But there's something with Nate yes, he did. that, you know, there's already the rivalry there. There's already a grudge match that's going to happen. They can sell that and they can build that up. And that's the reason why I think the Nate fight's going to happen. I think you're probably going to see uh, an interim uh, title fight between Habib, who said he's about 80% ready um, and, is, and is ready to fight at December. Um, and I think that's why you're going to see an interim fight between Tony and, and Habib happen rather than uh, Tony versus Connor. The fight that should happen, though, is, is Tony versus Connor. I still do want to see that fight against Khabib and Ferguson because both guys are extremely dangerous. Yeah, the worst thing that could happen, though, um, w- would be Connor going back to boxing. And I think we can all agree I on agree. that. Um, but, but ultimately, I think we'll, we'll see either Tony Ferguson and Habib fight you know, Connor, but I think we're, we're first going to have to get a Diaz fight before uh, either of those guys rightfully challenge for uh, the lightweight title. Um, just, Whatever makes money, man. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts um, on UFC 216. Uh, Fabricio Verdum submitted Walt Harris after. Um, I forget who's uh, Verdum supposed to face. He was supposed to fight Derek Lewis, and That's Derek right. Lewis, Derek Lewis couldn't get out of back bed. Back locked yeah. up. Couldn't get out of bed. So uh, Walt Harris stepped in. Fabricio D- Verdum mowed through him, and Verdum's uh, making a quick turnaround. I think he's fighting uh, either next month or uh, in November. Yeah, his last fight was against. Well, before the Walt Harris fight, he fought Alistair Overeem and got outclassed on the feet. But to his credit, he survived. He didn't get knocked out, and mm-hmm. he actually came back a little bit at the end of that fight. And this fight, his jujitsu was just cutting through Walt Harris like butter. Yeah. I mean, it, it. There was no. There was no contest on the ground. But yeah, I mean, and and about the and. The, about about a month or two. I mean, he yep. hasn't. Uh, Marcin Tiberius is going to be his next fight on November eighteenth. So. He hasn't received any damage, so I mean, yeah, I mean, throw him was, in there. It was, he didn't hit, he didn't get hit. There was right. no there was no strikes landed <laughs> right. in that fight. Just throw Fabricio, him in there. <laughs> Fabricio took him down and uh, and submitted Walt Harris. I mean, Walt Harris is just he's he's a young guy, uh, yes, he at is. least in, in the heavyweight division, and really hasn't been able to uh, uh, you know make a name yet. And, and going up against a, a former champion is, is tough in its own right. Um, any other fights that you want to mention? I know you, uh, you mentioned uh, Maria Ro- Romero getting a win over uh, Freya. Yes, uh, that was pretty amazing because both uh, females are actually very devastating strikers. They're both championship-level Muay Thai and kickboxers. It was very interesting to see uh, 
one go for the takedown and choke out the other. That was awesome. Mm. It was usually when you see two strikers uh, go at it, usually one of them is going to go to the ground because the other is thinking that it's going to be a stand-up war, and it was it was awesome. That was so smart. Three other fights I want to mention. Uh, Lando Venata and Bobby Green had a fantastic war. That's definitely going to be in contend- uh, contention for fight of the night. John fight Mar- of the year. Yeah, fight of the year. Sorry, fight of the year, not fight of the night. Uh, John Moraga had a beautiful uh, knockout. Uh, uh, against his opponent on the UFC uh, fight press uh, early prelims. And then also, Brad Tavares got a win over Talos Leites. Yes, called he did. That one. I called that one. So uh, we'll move on now to uh, UFC fight night taking place on Saturday, October 21st in Poland. Headlined by Donald Cerrone taking on uh, Darren Till. And we also have Karolina Kovacavich making a return to the octagon. Uh, Jan Blakovich versus Devin Clark. Marcin Held coming back to uh, the Octagon fighting in his homeland of Poland. Uh, Artem Lavov versus Andre Feely, uh, and also Lena, Lena Landsberg fighting on this card. So uh builds out to be a great card. Uh, looking first at the fight between Andre Feely and Artem Lavov, featherweight fight, the Russian hammer, Artem Lavov taking on Andre Touchy Feely. Um, looking at this, obviously Andre Feely um, on the end of a highlight knockout by Yair Rodriguez uh, not a long time ago. Then he got a win over Hakron Diaz and coming off a loss against, uh, against Calvin Qatar. Um, then you look at Artem Lobov. Uh, he's coming off a loss against Cub Swanson. Uh, brutal fight in Nashville um, early in April, but he's also been 2-2 and four in, or two and two in his last four fights. So looking at this, um, Lobov versus Feely, what are your thoughts on this? Is the Russian hammer and Conor McGregor's uh, you know, Russian buddy going to mm-hmm. be able to get a win or Andre Feely going to outclass Feely's got great footwork and his striking at range is very well. He's actually got some good underrated wrestling too. Uh, you know he's got those chokes because of the team alpha male uh, tutelage. Um, Artem Labov, you saw in his last fight against Cup Swanson, he can take it, man, and he can push forward. He's got great boxing. He's got good wrestling himself. He's great in the clinch, and he does not give up. So in this case, I'm going to pick Labov, and the reason is because of the pressure. I think, uh, and even if he loses this fight. Uh, it, he's not going to get cut from the UFC. I would imagine mm-hmm. that Andre Philly would be uh, more susceptible to getting cut than Labov. Yeah, I don't think either of these guys are going to get cut, um, even if the, you know, even with a loss. I mean, it's not like any of them are on a, a crazy losing streak. Uh, this is a little bit more of a of a must win for Andre Philly, though, I, in my yeah, opinion, because I mean, uh, because of the fact that I mean, Artem Labov, that fight was fight of the night. He fought against Cub Swanson. He got he fought against one of the top five featherweights out there, and he went all five rounds with him. Uh, Andre Philly's been finished. His chin's been tested. He's been choked out by the champ. He's still young, though. I mean, you look at him. Andre Philly, um, only 27 years old. He's, he he's, also, he's been he's been in a uh, fight in the night. He's had performance of the night as well. I mean, he's he's been a guy that's gotten wins. He's got you know a guy that's just kind of bounced back and forth. I mean, you look once he got into the UFC, it's been win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. So I think he's a guy that's you know at least is just going to be a guy that kind of sticks around and hangs around because he still puts on right you know, interesting fights. He's young and he's learning. Yeah. He's only gone to decision, you know, three times in his UFC career, so he still puts on interesting fights. I don't know if he's, he's, you know, in you know contention to be getting cut, but um, I, I would agree with you that you know Feely, it's more of a must win, um, especially since Artem is is kind of connected to Conor McGregor. Um, I think that definitely helps Artem, um, and I think Feely, like you mentioned, I think Feely's got more of a you know a flowy style. Yes, um, where Lobov is kind of just kind of stone out he's there. He's a tank. Yeah, he's a tank. He's a guy that's not going to finesse you out there, but he's definitely going to be a guy that can take some punches. I'm going to take Feely though for that reason. I think that he's going to be able to um, at least you know move around, dance around, be a little bit quicker than Lobov, and I think that was the reason why Cub Swanson really won was because he was a little bit quicker, he hit was a little a bit step, harder. Yeah, he was a step ahead of Lobov, and I think Feely has shown that he can be a step above his opponents before. 
I think uh, Feely's going to get the win on that one. Next fight, we're going to at least talk about it. I don't know if we really need a prediction on this one, but Marcin Held is coming back to the Octagon fighting at, uh, at a lightweight fight against uh, a German. Um, going to mess up the pronunciation on this one, but Haxpar. Uh, he's taking on Haxpar, who's 8-1. Haxparast, yeah. Um, making his UFC debut. But Marcin Held, since coming to the UFC, has been 0-3, losing to Joe Lozon, losing to Diego Sanchez in his first two fights. Um is this a must-win for Marcin Held? It is. It is a must-win for Marcin Held. All right, you look at his first fight against Diego Sanchez. Uh, he was basically on his back the whole time and got beat up, got controlled, got out-wrestled, and got ground and pounded pretty good. And then that was a loss for Marcin Held. The second fight was a pretty closely contested fight against him and Joe Lozon. Very controversial. Mm-hmm. The judges had it scored for Joe Lozon. And at the end of the fight, Joe Lozon had actually protested and said, mm-hmm. no, I did not win that fight. Marcin well, Held won that fight. He didn't really protest, but he did say, I didn't win that fight. It's, it's an informal protest. Yeah. Um, and his last fight, I mean, he went for an Arminari role like he likes to do to get into a leg lock position or an ankle lock position or a heel hook position. And that Arminari role had his head run into a knee and get him knocked out for a fight that he was winning the whole time. Up until that knee, he was winning the fight. Um, this is a must win for Marcin Held. I mean, he's got, he's spent time in Thailand, seen pictures of him training in Thailand at Phuket top team. Hopefully his striking's gotten better because he's got he's got to change up something. We all know that he's good on the ground. He's got to change something up. Mm-hmm. Now going to the main card, we got Jan Blakovich taking on Devin Clark. Just really quickly, who do you got in this fight? Are you taking the Poland uh, Blakovich or are you taking the uh, the United Statesman Devin Clark? I'm gonna take uh, the Polish uh, Devin. Uh, I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm gonna take. Uh, Jan Blakovich, the right. uh, hometown hero. Jan Blakovich uh, going to improve to 20-7. and seven, Yeah, and his last fight, I mean, he got knocked out by Volkan Ozdemir. I think he was just kind of underestimating Volkan's power, as did— um, His last fight, he actually lost to Patrick Cummings. Oh, so he's and two. he lost to, he lost to Gus and then uh, Patrick Cummings. He's on two-fight lose streak. Oh, that's not good. So hopefully here in his uh, hometown of Poland, I think he can get it done. Uh, hopefully he doesn't go out there guns blazing. Hopefully he comes out with more of a strategy mm-hmm. this time around because Devin Clark hits hard. He's got some pretty good boxing, pretty good counter-wrestling as well. So I think Jan Blakovich will win this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Jan Blakovich as well. Just his fight more, uh, you know, kind of veteran fighters. And, and he's been a- he's been able to prove that he's taken, uh, be able to take a punch. Not knocked out by Patrick Cummings, not knocked out by... Uh, Alexander Gustafson was able to go through a war uh, with Corey Anderson, um, lost to, to Jimmy Manuel, but that was, again was in a uh, decision. So I think Yambukovich has more skills and at least uh, more of a, a grizzled chin to get the victory over uh, Devin Clark. Finally going to the Coleman event, Carolina Kovacavich making a return to the UFC octagon after losing or since losing um, to uh, Claudia Gadelia back um, at UFC 212. Does um, Kev- Carolina Kovacavich get back on the winning side against Jody Escabel? Jody Escabel's tough, and she's actually moving up from atom weight to straw weight, mm-hmm. uh, making her UFC debut. Yep, she's got professional boxing experience, uh, so she's tough. She is very tough. Karolina Kovalkiewicz, though, is a much more complete striker, in my opinion. She uses kicks uh, at her advantage a little bit more. Um, her, her angles are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, she her movement is very well. Her defensive movement is very well. Uh, but again, it's that wrestling. It's the wrestling that is a problem for her. You saw that in her last fight with uh, Claudia Gadelli. She just yeah. put the pressure on her, put her up against the cage, picked her up, took her down, you know, mounted her, took her back, and choked her out. Yeah. So if Jody Escabel puts the pressure on Karolina Kovalkiewicz, it could be it could make for a very interesting, intriguing fight, very competitive fight. But 
I'm going for the veteran and Carolina Kovacavich. Again, I'm going for the hometown hero. I mean, I think she's very motivated in this yeah. fight. Carolina is the veteran as she has more fights, but also she is younger than Jody Escobar. Yes. And I just feel like Carolina is more of a complete fighter, one of the best fighters um, in that division in the UFC. And I think that um, this is more of a fight to get uh, Carolina back on the winning side and especially back um, in her hometown. I think just something for the fans to root for. And I think Carolina is going to mow through Jody Escobar. And I think if, you know, Carolina loses this fight, I think it's going to be one of the upsets of the century, to be honest with you. I mean, this is going to be huge. It'll be a pretty um, big upset. Yeah, I, I, I don't see Jody Escobel really being super competitive in this fight, and I think Carolina is going to win this one pretty easily. And now, let's move on to the main event. Donald Cerrone making his return to the octagon after losing uh, to Robert uh, to Robbie Lawler um, in a somewhat controversial fight. I mean, it was, it was a very close fight. It Robbie was a very ended up getting the win. Fight. Um, I think most people scored it for Robbie, but some people even had it for Cerrone. Um, so he's coming in uh, at welterweight, um, make, you know, still sticking with welterweight as he, he was. You know, fought, He did fight for the lightweight title a couple times. Um, Cerrone back at welterweight and taking on an undefeated Darren Till. Can Darren Till give Donald Cerrone problems here? Yes, he can because he's a former Muay Thai champion, Muay Thai kickboxer. He's got that experience, and the pressure that he puts on his fighters is out. It's, it's crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... He is so violent. He's extremely violent in these exchanges. When you get in close, he loves the Muay Thai plum. He loves just taking your head and pulling it to the knee. He loves just putting his knee right through you, right through your body, right through your chest, your head. He loves to kick. He loves that overhand right, right over the shoulder. Uh, But I've noticed that he likes to counter strike when he's at distance. Mm -hmm. But when he's in close range, he's extremely violent. He needs to utilize great pressure on someone like Donald Cerrone because Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone is dangerous. Yep. He loves What he loves to do is utilize his straight punches to open you up so he could sneak a head kick right to your chin and knock you out. Yep. And even when you take him down, that's no picnic there either because he's got awesome legs. So, he's got, so he can reverse you or he can throw up an armbar and a triangle. He's got a very underrated ground game. Uh, I hope Dan- Darren Till doesn't overlook his uh, Donald Cerrone's wrestling either because Donald Cerrone could take anybody down. And In my opinion, I feel like Donald Cerrone could beat the best of the yeah. best ever. Both guys with a Muay Thai kind of base, at least from yes. striking, and, and Donald Cerrone, um, like you mentioned, is, is is great on his back. I just feel like Cerrone not only has the experience over Darren Till, but also just has the versatility that Till, I feel like, lacks on the ground. So ultimately, I think Cerrone... While Darren Till is a guy that you know definitely can prove his worth in the yes. UFC and definitely can make it a close fight, yes. I think Donald Cerrone in the end will, will, will get the victory here. And I think most of these fights um, with the big names, you know, you look at Dar- Donald Cerrone, Darren Till could possibly upset Donald Cerrone, but even then, I think Donald Cerrone it, it should be a clear favorite here. Carolina Kovacavich should be a clear favorite here. Uh, Jan Bukovic should be a clear favorite. Uh, Marcin Held clear favorite. I mean, honestly, most of these guys are just getting fights that they can win. And, you know, if they don't, it's gonna be something interesting. But if they do, it's something that just puts them back on the winning side. Because, you know, look at Cerrone, he's on a uh, two-fight losing streak. Kovacavich, two-fight losing streak. Jan Bukovic, two-fight losing streak. Marcin Held, three-fight three losing streak. streak. So, I think most of these guys are just kind of bouncing back. I think there's some clear favorites on these cards. I think Darren Till is going to win this fight. Really? I really, I think he's gonna pull off the upset. I oh. think he's got the potential to pull off the upset. I think he's got the grit and the confidence. I think he's got the pressure. I think he's got the right style to go up against uh, Donald Cerrone's Muay Thai type of style because even though they both come from Muay Thai backgrounds, uh, Donald Cerrone's approach to the striking is much more calculated than Darren Till's is. Darren Till's much more violent. Yeah, so. it's going to be interesting. I, I still think Donald Cerrone is, has the talent and competition level to still fight for a welterweight belt down the road because that Robbie Lawler fight was close and Jorge Masvidal really picked up 
and, and beat up Donald Cerrone. But then again, you know, Cerrone had a lot of mileage um, on his body, you know, going into that fight as well. So I, I think Donald Cerrone is still good enough to fight for the welterweight title, it, it, you know, when the time comes for it. But I, I think Cerrone is going to get back on the winning side of things. That's going to wrap it up for the MMA Minutes today. I want to thank Danny Gutierrez, as always, for joining us here. And I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank on you, Sean Cloud, WXAV 88.3. Um, on SoundCloud, we're going to bring you one. When's the next fight? Is next that going to be? The fight uh, is no, or it's October 28th. October 28th, and that yes. one's taking place in Brazil. Yes. Um, who's headlining that one? It's, uh, Brunson Machida. Brunson Machida, which should be an absolute blasting. Leota Machida make his return back to the octagon after a two-year suspension. Um, and then after that, we got UFC 217, which we will definitely be previewing. GSP making his return to the octagon after four years. Um, Michael Bisping returning and defending his belt after beating up on old man Dan Henderson. There's also Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw, the best of friends uh, and now enemies taking on each other. And also um, the final title fight on that card is... Ioana Janjajic versus Rose Namajunas. Champ. Joanna coming yes. back and taking on Rose Namajunas, so it should be fun. That one's taking place at MSG. So That's going to be a great fight. We have a ton of previews coming up for you. Hope you stick along here on SoundCloud. But for Danny Gutierrez, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time.